Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You know, back to that story um, about the, the bipartisan immigration bill they this this whole concept of migrants who were claiming asylum now everybody can claim asylum you get it i mean the whole system is being manipulated it it would be as ridiculous as me going down to the food bank with my salary and my extravagant spending i'm not frugal uh, personally you know i'll show you the credit card bill that arrived the other day from the three weeks in asia and I'm blowing through the money, which is probably not very wise. I got to, you know, there's there's moments you get the credit card bill. You're like, well, damn, I really better get this under control. This was more than I expected. It was more than the bu- budget. So if I went down to the food bank because I just thought, you know what, I'm going to try to get um, try to get some free food here. Wouldn't you look at me and say, what kind of a person are you to come down here and claim that you need food from the food bank. I mean, is it really that bad for you? Or did you create an environment where now you're just trying to take advantage of the situation? I got news for you. That's what a lot of these people are doing. They're abandoning their home country because they've made a lot of mistakes collectively. They've gone with socialism and communism. And now it's uncomfortable and unhappy and miserable And so they're coming to the United States because they want to get on welfare here. Not everybody. Not everybody. I have family members in California who came here from Mexico uh, probably 50 years ago. And Ronald Reagan, he's the only Republican they like because Ronald Reagan gave him an amnesty. It's probably one of the biggest mistakes Ronald Reagan made. I love love these family members, but it was probably a mistake that Ronald Reagan did that. I mean, you know, we got to call this stuff out. Because giving Joe Biden the ability to continue to process migrants is not smart. It's not smart. Hey, you know what? Back in 2020, I made a big deal out of it. Some other people did. The Associated Press changed their rules, right? You remember this? They changed the rules. Now, you, if you are writing about black people, black culture, black society, it's capital B. If you're writing about white people, white culture, white society, it's lowercase w. Now, you know, if for some reason the AP, the Associated Press, wanted to put out a directive that said, hey, we're going to distinguish between a color, the color white, and the color black, and the culture white, and the culture black, whatever that means, since they're pretty broad, (laughs) sweeping uh, terms, if they wanted to be consistent, 
white and black, lowercase, uppercase, cool. But no, no, no. It was to capitalize B for black. And I said at the time, I said, I don't think this is benign, guys. I think this is a real symbolic slap in the face. And more than that, it could be an attempt to assert dominance over can you the white population in America? I mean, that's what were we gonna is that okay? I don't think in America that's what we wanted. I was all about equality of opportunity, not not reverse racism. But everybody kind of went along with it. The Associated Press is still doing it. And if you watch today, you go to these museums. And you will see that the narrative that's being portrayed in museum displays now is not just about the facts. It's about attacking whiteness. Not about attacking Jim Crow, not about revealing racial inequity and unfairness, but attacking whiteness. Again, not by accident. The reverse racists are on the march in America. And a lot of you probably work for companies where you have been forced to sit through diversity, equity, and inclusion training like you're a dog. They're going to reprogram you. Zap, zap, zap like you would with a dog. <laughs> How dare you think something other than what we, we tell you to think where they're telling you about how white people are innately racist. And it's impossible. These are the two things. White people are innately racist, and it's impossible for a black person to be racist. I reject that. I will not tolerate it. I will continue to speak out about it. And Karen Michael, who is kind enough and great enough to fill in when I'm gone, who is uh, an attorney and works across the United States with companies trying to navigate uh, employment laws, with us this morning. And you're focusing in your latest column in the Times-Dispatch, Karen, on a case that deals with this, right? Training is as you've described, but some is, and I think that that's gone down the wrong path. I am a huge proponent, as you know, of inclusion and respect and civility and anti-harassment. Me too, me too. That's the appropriate way to address civility in our workplace. I mean, my theory is you don't, by lifting other people up, you don't tear other people down. But some people in 2020 and 2021 and still today think that that's the right way to address societal issues, inclusion, et cetera. So there's a very interesting case, and there's actually two cases that have come out recently. So, you know, when you file a lawsuit, the other side gets to file, if they want, something called a motion to dismiss, to say there's nothing, even if everything you said in your complaint is true, you're going to lose. And there was a professor from Penn State named Zach DePiro who sued Penn State claiming that he suffered a hostile working environment because of his race, white. And there was all this stuff going on at Penn State that was absolutely typical, I think, of what was happening in a lot of educational institutions. But they were just doing this never-ending barrage of training and mandatory statements about anti-racism, white supremacy, white privilege, repeatedly singling out and demeaning faculty members on the basis of race, white, and he sued and said that, that I, I'm in a hostile working environment. Penn State said, you, you don't even make a claim. And the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania said that this guy has plausibly alleged that he was subjected to a race-based hostile environment. I mean, literally, there was one time when this person, the equity person, had a meeting and all the faculty were there and the white non-people of color were asked to hold their breath. Everyone was asked to hold their breath, but the white and the non-black uh, people were asked to hold their breath longer 
so that they could feel the pain. And that was just an example God. of the multiple things that were happening. Right. And, you know, and he was told to change his grading system. Um, he was told to make sure that all students see white supremacy manifest itself in language and writing. He was told to take a training called white teachers are a problem. And when he complained about these trainings and all of this stuff and saying, I feel like I'm in a hostile environment because of my race, he was told that there's a problem with the white race, that he didn't get it, and he should continue to attend more trainings until the message sunk in. And the court said, you know what? All of that stuff that he said, while employers talk about race, any race with the when, when employers talk about race, any race with the constant drumbeat of essentialists deterministic and negative language, they risk liability under federal law. And so the case is going to proceed to trial. I think that there's a lot of people that feel like that type of language, that type of discussion in the workplace is discriminatory Mm -hmm. and it's coming to roost. And there's another case in New York, same thing. Three white teachers are suing um, for allegedly the exact same thing, a $90 million lawsuit. And the court in New York last week said you can proceed to trial or at least through litigation. But it seems so, so obvious think- to me, Karen, I mean, the way I adjudicated in my own life, and of course, I have to be careful, not because I think I have any bad ideas or anything, but I'm in an interracial relationship. You should see the conversations that Alonzo and I have, which are pretty animated. Uh, you know, we, There's a big age difference. There's a cultural difference. He's from D.C., you know, grew up in D.C. I'm here. I mean, we have really animated conversations about race. But I always say, hey, flip the words. When you're about to say something like, oh, that's so white of you, um, think, would it be cool if I said that's so black of you? And what does that mean? You know, I think you would take it negatively if I said that's so black of you. So if you say that's so white of you, what are you offering me a compliment? I don't think so. And when you when you flip the when you flip the words, that's usually the slap in the face to say what you're about to say. If it's a generic insult or if you should probably not say it, if you have a, a critique, you need to be more uh, thoughtful in the way you critique it. But nobody seems to use that as the basic test. And I think it's a pretty good one. Well, as it relates to like the workplace, mm-hmm. I do think that there are marginalized people in our workplace that do feel like there are times when they are underrepresented. And we do need, I mean, we're not a race-based, we're not a, a race-blind, colorblind society. We see what there is to be seen. And that doesn't mean you can't have some of these discussions in the workplace. But when you do it in a way that is blatantly tearing down, whether it's race, gender, national origin, color, religion, it doesn't matter, that type of language. And we're also seeing it in some ways with the LGBTQ issues where there was a case, I think I mentioned it on the radio one time, where a woman refused to use the pronouns of a transgender person based on her religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And the employer was like, talk to the hand, you have to, you you must do it. And the court said, well, you know what? She's got rights, too. Yeah. So we've got to understand that when we have an inclusive work environment, mm-hmm. a diverse work environment, that, that's what we should be focusing on is how we get to the right. We're here for a mission. The workplace has a mission. And respectfully treating each other in a way that's inclusive, that's different from demanding that you take a class on why white teachers are a problem and you're a white teacher. So I think that that's the distinction employers have to make. And I mean, that is racist to say circle. white teachers are a problem. That's a racist statement, right? I mean, there's just no well, way around it. 
all of these types of um, statements about, you know, there's that woman that wrote the book White Fragility in the 50s that if you push back on the concept at all like you've just done, that it just proves her point that you're fragile. So it's this interesting (laughs) circular argument of no matter what you say, any pushback, you're fragile. And that type of teaching, people have paid her a ton of money to come into workplaces and do these trainings, and it's really torn their workplace apart. And people aren't comfortable. And, you know, some people, their attitude is, you got to be disruptive to change change it. Okay, I just want people to be respectful because I think that's that's a better result. What is your goal? And and these types of training, I don't think they're working because we're not hearing, well, now my workplace is anti-racist. Thank goodness, you know, after all this training. I think it's making it worse, don't you? I think it's making it worse. I think there's more racism in 2024 uh, probably more black people who feel entitled to vo- vocalize their racism and more angry white people who are thinking, you know, and they may b- bite in their tongue. Damn, I, th- I am. <laughs> I'm mad about this. I, th- I think we've got a bubbling cauldron of racism when we could have had uh, a period of great peace in the in the society. And it's because of this garbage that they're pushing. I, r- I got to run. But in the last 30 seconds, what does the average person do about it? File a million, $90 million lawsuit? Is that the only way to fight back on this without losing your job? Well, that is, because if you say anything, then you're fragile. I know. I think that workplaces (laughs) are realizing that this hasn't helped to make workplaces better, which is our goal, and that what we can't do, I don't think, is train our way out of what we think. If you're racist, you're racist. You're not going to change your mind by having all these trainings. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is change how you act and what you say. And treating people respectfully in the workplace and inclusive that we can teach people about cultural competencies and those types of things. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I, it absolutely, we, we're not going to train our way out of people's brains, but we absolutely can teach them on what they say and how they act in the workplace right. and to treat other people as they want to be treated in a respectful way. That should be the goal. All our training should focus around that. Well, I'll take you as the trainer because I'm pretty confident you're not a racist. I just don't want to be trained <laughs> no, by somebody who starts be. out obviously indicating they're racist against me. Karen Michael, Karen Michael Consulting. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. 718. We're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.